Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. Welcome everyone. Hope everyone is doing well. I've missed all of you. Uh, been, uh, as many of you guys know, I was on a missionary trip with, with a group of 50 of our youth here from St. Mark's and then um, had to pray a wedding abroad. And so here I am back, just going to do maybe a couple weeks on a, on a new theme as everyone gets settled. It's something that I feel like God has been moving my heart that I want to share with you and I, I want to encourage all of you guys to, to open up your minds and your hearts to listen, that the Lord would give us something. just going to wait for everyone to find a seat. If you guys can make room for people to find seats, that way we can get started. So like I said, I, I took a group of, of young people to Kenya, and I like to take groups to mission trips to stretch them a little bit, to give um, people the experience of getting outside of their comfort zones to experience God in a different way, a way that they may have never expected. And the common thing is, 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 as many people got to experience the power of God and see miracles and, and just see amazing things, as I asked many of them as they came back, how does it feel to be back in America? A lot of them say, I just want to go back. I just want to go back. I, it was a special experience of fellowship and, and just trusting in God and preaching about Christ and, and reaching um, the lost. It was a very, very special experience, and we'll do a presentation, God willing, um, very soon. But while that is great that they feel that way, for all of us to move to Kenya is not the answer for us to feel fulfilled, right? That can't be the only thing that God desires for His people, is that you would just have to move to some other country. But at the same time, something happens on these trips that I want us to be able to kind of reflect on a little bit. You see, what is the answer is to discover how to experience a fulfilling life with purpose anywhere you are. For many people in the Bible, people were given the opportunities to experience God in special ways where they got to see the wonders of God, His beauty, they saw the heart of God, and because they went on these journeys with God in the Bible, they saw God in, in, God in ways that they never imagined they would see. Some people jump on these opportunities, while others don't take advantage and they say, you know, sorry God, you're, you're asking too much. I'll give you a perfect example. In the Bible, you have the story of the rich young ruler, a man who comes to Christ and he says, Lord, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And the Lord says, obey the commandments. He says, perfect, Lord, I've done all of that. He says, okay. One thing you lack, go, sell your possessions, give to the poor, take up your cross, and follow me. And the Bible says that he went away sad. So the disciples were around Jesus. And then Jesus told his disciples, the disciples said, who then can be saved? If it's like that hard for, for anyone to be saved, who can be saved? And he says, he who leaves father and mother and wife and children for my sake and the gospels will receive a hundredfold in this life with persecution and in the hereafter, in the, in the life after. What's happening is, is this man was given an opportunity to experience God. 
He came, he asked, God said, I'm going to tell you how to give you the greatest experience of your life. And when God told him, step through this door that I'm inviting you to, he said, you know what, you're asking too much. And he walked away. Well, the disciples in the same passage had left everything as well. They had left everything and followed Jesus. And if you look at Peter, and you look at the disciples, and you, let's ask Peter, Peter, tell me, after you left everything and followed Christ, tell me about your life. He's going to say, are you kidding? He said, I walked on water. I raised a dead man with my prayers. I preached one sermon and 3,000 people were converted. We cast out demons. We did, I saw Christ in all of his glory on the Mount of Transfiguration. You see, Peter took the call when Christ told him to follow him, and he took that jump. And if you ask Peter, I don't think he would sell that opportunity for, for the whole world. But the rich young ruler, he played it safe. I'm going to obey the commandments. I'm going to do my thing, but that's as far as I'm going to go. And so, so many of you, so many of us, we get to a point where we're telling God, Lord, let's just keep it like within the box. Let's just keep it kind of safe and, and smooth sailing and everything to be easy. And that's why so many people, and I'm talking about most people, most people in the church today and most people in the kingdom of God are just staying safe in the box. And so if you ask them to tell you about Christ, they'll tell you some nice stories from the Bible. They might tell you some cool reflections they heard on a sermon that they listened to. They might tell you one time I, I, I lost my phone. I asked Ambawanis and he brought my phone. That's the, that's the parting of the Red Sea for them, right? That is the extent of God's work in their life. Today I'm challenging you. I'm telling you you're playing it too safe. You're playing it too safe. And the church was never meant to be the lights and the cameras and the acts. That's not, that's not the church. Step out. That's what we're going to talk about today. Is that if a person can discover that God is meant to be a partner in our lives, directing our steps, leading us to opportunities to know Him, life will be completely different. You see, often in the Bible, these opportunities seem to come in, in odd packages. One day Moses is walking in the desert and he sees a burning bush. And the burning bush tells him to take off his, his uh, sandals for its holy ground. And then he says, guess what, Moses? I have a door for you to walk through. He says, okay, Lord, what is it? He says, here I am, Lord. He says, the cry of my people has come to my heart and I'm going to send you to Pharaoh. Moses was just a shepherd guy in the middle of the desert with nobody around him, nobody cares about him. Moses was in the palace, he ran away, nobody remembers him. Moses' life is just sand. <laughs> That's Moses' life. And then he sees a burning bush. And Moses answers that call. Moses goes through that door. A wrestling angel. Jacob was going down a path of deceiving everybody in his life. And all of a sudden, an angel comes and begins to wrestle with Jacob. Jacob was fighting back, saying, leave my life alone, Lord. Let me just stay like this. So because he put up such a fight, God, what, 
tapped his hip, and then Jacob's hip was busted. And then it says that Jacob clung to God and said, I will not let you go until you bless me. And then he said, what is your name? He says, my name is Jacob. He says, your, le- your name will no longer be Jacob, which means deceiver. You are going to be Israel, which is prince with God. And from that point on, Jacob's life was never the same. Gideon was a fleece saying, God, you really want me to, 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 to deliver my people from the Midianites that are beating us up every day and stealing our stuff and, and stealing our flocks and destroying our crops. You see, these people, just imagine that life was going to be like this. Gideon one day was hiding and God is telling him, oh, mighty man of valor, I'm going to use you. And Gideon's making excuses and Gideon wants to know, is God going to use me or is he not going to use me? And he does this whole, maybe you guys know the story. He puts a fleece out and he says, Lord, if I know, then, then the, the fleece will be wet and everything around it will not be and vice versa, okay? Lord, I can't, it's hard for me to understand so that maybe the fleece will be dry on the floor and the, the dew of the earth will be around everything else. And Gideon's life was never the same. You see, there is a divine possibility Every single life. There is a divine touch meant for every single life. It's not just the Moseses. You know, you think of Moses, but like I said, Moses was just a guy in the desert. Gideon was a guy hiding at the point in which he was called. Every single life is meant to experience him in a special way. Let's read passage from the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verses 7 to 8. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, these things says he who is holy, he who is true, and he who has the key of David. Pay attention here. He who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. You see, God is saying to the church, he's saying, I've set before you an open door. And I want you to think about the different doors that God opens for your life for you to experience him. No one can shut those doors. He's saying, if I open up a door for you and you go through it, I promise you no one's going to shut it in your face. But I am setting before you an open door. I want you to kind of like, Laser in right now. God is opening doors for your life all the time. Sometimes you say yes, and sometimes you say no. Chances are a lot of the time we're saying no because we don't know God. We don't get God. And because I don't get God, and God is kind of this like mysterious figure out there that could one day give me some disease or Let's just stay like this. I'll go to church. I'm in church. Make sure the coffee is hot and warm and nice. Make sure there's air conditioning in the room. I'll be there. But that's as far as I'm going. You see, a door can mean many things to many people. For some, it's a barrier. It's a place of of safety or a place to be hiding. So the door is closed, and that's what it means to me. For others, it can mean the door was shut in my face. I was rejected. For some people, like moms out there, when they show, shut the door, they're in the bathroom, they're running away from their kids, it's the place of rest, okay? For some people, 
But what a door is supposed to be is that it's supposed to be boundless opportunities of being useful to God. God is opening doors for you, I'm telling you. If it's not every day, it's several times a day. He's opening doors. And he's saying, I'm going to give you a chance. As I was preparing this, I'll tell you guys a little bit later in the sermon. As I was preparing this talk, a door was open in the middle of my talk. And I'll share it with you. And I'm like, whoa, like God, you made it very clear to me that there are doors all the time that God wants you to go through. They're not easy doors. They're not always very, very exciting doors or what you would expect them to be, just like Moses never expected that this bush would be on fire that was not consumed. God works in unexpected ways, but you have to take those challenges. I'm asking you, how many years have you been walking with God or, 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 or you believe that you're walking with God and you're just not experiencing Him? You're not experiencing because everything, I'm just keeping everything safe. An open door is the great adventure of life because it means the possibility of being useful to God, being able to be used by God. You see, God wants you to exercise your faith. I was talking this morning about in the the feeding of the 5,000 that maybe if you were in first liturgy, all of a sudden, you have 15,000 people in front of the disciples. And he looks at the disciples and he says, what? You give them something to eat. Could you, could you imagine? Like, you, you know, you walked in here and you have like, you got Lomat al baraka like in your pocket. And you're like going to go home. And I say, hey, do you mind just giving everybody a piece? And you're like, Abuna, like, no, <laughs> I'm not. God is challenging you. In some ways, and God challenges his disciples, he says, you give them something to eat because he wants to show you that if you just listen to the door I'm opening, one day you're going to remember that you fed uh, 15,000 people with five loaves and two fish. And you went home with a basket full of leftover fragments. You say, how is that? I don't know. But if you open the door, God is going to work. Staying where you are sometimes place that is safe and guaranteed is not where God works. I'm telling you that right now. God does not work in the place where, you know, as long as my balance doesn't fall a certain, before a certain level in my, in my bank account, my car is a certain year that's not going to break down, that I have just amount of, of, of things working out for my life. Sure, I'll follow God. As long as it's in the box, be careful. God will never be in the box. I'm challenging the people of God today. And I'm telling you, God will never be in this little square. It's too small for him. You're never going to know the hand of God. You're never going to experience the hand of God as long as you stay and you play it safe. You say, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just keep your sermons to yourself. Let's just live our life this way. But it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart, it breaks God's heart to say, my people are supposed to be doing miracles. I took 50 college kids and and a couple grads to Kenya, and I remember I spoke to the bishop before I came, I said, Sayyidina, this is like our younger group, like, we don't have too many expectations, they're our younger group, they're like, younger in their faith, they're just, this is the first time they're going on mission, like, just don't have too many expectations. They knocked it out of the park, 
They literally, you're going to hear this, they raised the dead, literally raised the dead. Saved lives. Saved lives. Changed hearts. Brought people to Christ. Brought people to repentance. Went in the place of demonic warfare. Demonic warfare. They were fighting with demons and they overcame the demons. You say, come on, Abuna. Like you took a bunch of like 18 to 22. Yeah, I took a bunch of 18 to 22 year olds and they killed them. You know why? Because they went through the door. It's not because they know magic. It's not because I took all the angels. It's not because they're miracle. They just went through the door. And that is what I'm challenging our people to do. God wants to do mighty things through you. And if you keep them in the box, life is going to be very uneventful. How many times does God invite you to little opportunities to experience him, to go out on a ledge, to be used by him? Think about the decision that divides your life to a before and after. I cropped my head out and that one just... I don't like too much attention. Okay. I want you to think of a moment in your life that is like a before and after. I'll tell you what it was in my life. I was 18 or 19 years old. 19 years old. They said, hey, let's go on this mission trip and it's to Kenya. And I went there and it wasn't just like a trip. It was the day in which I said, that's it. My life will be for Christ. You say, so tell me, Abuna Paul, like, tell me the story. I'm like, there's a before and there's an after moment. And my life from that moment was totally different. And the rest of that season of my life was an adventure with God with endless amounts of experiences just because I went through a door. Again, it's not about Kenya. It was about God saying, hey, why don't you try this? I said, okay. And I went. And I was pushed. And I was stretched. And I saw the hand of God. When you see the hand of God, the hand of God is addicting. When you hear the voice of God, you can't get enough of it. When you're reading the word of God and God Almighty is speaking to me in my little room, you can't get enough of it. And so you keep seeking more and more and more. You say, Buddha, what are you talking about? I've read the Bible 10,000 times. I've never heard anything. He's not going to speak in the box. If you say, Lord, I'm going to stay in this 10 square feet, come, come work in this 10 square feet, yeah, you're going to put some smiley faces in your Bible, you'll have some highlights, you might like some sermons on YouTube, and that's going to be your life. You've got to go through the door. Something that opens your eyes to God in a new way, new meaning of life, to who you are, who you want to be. So in the passage that I read, let me go back to it. Look at the very, very last line. It says, so he's talking about open doors that no one can shut and shuts that no one can open. And then he says what? For you have a little strength. For you have a little strength. This is, my, this is the best verse in the Bible. I say this every sermon. This right here is the best line in the whole Bible. Why? Because God doesn't just go for the strong. God doesn't choose the people that are perfect and ready and the people that you expected. That's not how God works. He says, for you have a little strength. 
then why are you talking to me, Lord? I have bad habits. I'm weak. I've never experienced you. I have doubts. I have heartbreak. I've been broken. Isn't that amazing? That God chooses the people that have little strength again outside the box. And God is opening doors and saying, just step outside. Outside of these 10 square feet is where God is. Just step outside. I don't want it. But like how long? Okay, you're 20, 30, 40, 50, however old you are. How long? Are you happy? Is this what you wanted? Is this what you wanted in your life? Say no. But then what? I'm scared. Don't talk to me. Talk to the one that parted the Red Sea. Talk to the one that took Gideon with an army of 300 against 100,000 and killed them. Don't talk to me. Talk to the one that could take the ones that stepped outside and see what they could do. Fishermen. They're fishermen. And the Bible says, these are the ones that have turned the world upside down. It says, they discovered that they were untrained men, but that they had been with Jesus. They've been with Jesus. So 12 bozo guys turned the world upside down. How? Outside the box. I'm sure no one was very flattered by the fact that as God is speaking to the church, and he's writing them this, this letter, that you have little strength. I'm sure nobody was very, very like, like touched from within that all of a sudden, God is saying, you have little strength. But he's saying, I'm going to give you open doors. I'm going to use you. And I'm going to work through you. You see, there are doors where you can leave from fear to courage. I want you to think about something that you're afraid of. Something that you're afraid of or you're a bit anxious about and there's a door and you keep on saying what? No. That is the door. God does not want you to be afraid. There is some door in front of you challenging your fear. If you go through that door, you're going to go from fear to what? Courage. What else? Hatred. You hate somebody, somebody's hurt you, somebody's gone too far in your life, you can't go any further with them. There's a door that says you can go from hatred to restoration and forgiveness. No, no, I can't do it. Okay, stay in the box and let your misery run your life. Anybody hate somebody so much and they can't let go, anyone living like a, like a fulfilled, exciting, happy life? No chance. I triple dog dare you to convince me that you didn't forgive somebody and you're fulfilled. No chance. No chance. There's a door there. Ignorance, like I don't know how to do this, and learning and experience. It's a door. Anytime you say, no, I can't, that is a door that is right in front of you that you're meant to go through. You're meant to experience in a powerful way. Be careful. If you're just staying put and not moving out of the circumstances that are tying you down, you're going to stay crippled. You're going to stay crippled. Listen to this. Columbia researcher, her name is Sheena Iyengar, has found that the average person makes about 70 conscious decisions every day. 
That's 25,550 decisions a year. Over 70 years, that's 1.78 million decisions. Life is a sum of all your decisions. So if I were to go back and I would think about every decision that I made and how I'm here, it's not because I perform miracles. It's not because I know magic. It's not because I'm smarter than everybody else. Some things in which I feel I got to experience God in were doors and choices where I said, yes. God is whispering into your heart 10,000 times a day, and you're either saying yes or no. And it's a very, very dim voice, quiet voice. And every time you say yes, that voice becomes clear. And every time you say no, that voice becomes much quieter. And you're like, I can't hear God's voice. I know, you said no 10,000 times. You said no 10,000 times. Every time God gave you some door, you said no. And so, you can't hear God's voice. The ability to recognize doors, is to discover the range of possibilities that lie before us in every moment and in any circumstance, and it's a skill that can be learned. Have you ever met like a very successful entrepreneur, big business person? It was, they, they found this like opportunity, it was a little bit of risk, and they took it, and they got to experience something, and they found another one, and they, they know how to discover opportunities. They look, and they see some beat-up house, and they say, I'm going to make so much money out of the house. You're like, that is a piece of junk. Wait till you see when I'm done with the house, right? And they take it, and they fix it up, and they flip it. These are the peoples that can discover opportunities. It's a skill that when you start to listen to the voice of God and jump in, you're going to say, there's God again, another opportunity. And you jump through and you see it's a skill that you need to learn. Sometimes the opportunity isn't involving going to a new place. It's finding a new opportunity in the place that you're at. You're like, okay, I need a new job. No, no. There's something there that you are playing safe with at your job. You just want to stay in your little cubicle. You want to do your work. I hate my boss. I hate my guy next to me. I need a new job. No, you don't need a job. You need to get out of the box. Is God opening up a door in front of you? Is God opening up a door and you just keep saying no? I want you to think about the thing. You want to escape into something else. The temptation is when something stinks, I want to escape into something else. He says, no, there's doors in front of you. Unless God totally shuts the door, but he says, I have set before you an open door and no one's going to shut it. Go through it. You say, but I don't know. It's, it's an experience of God. It's a leap of faith. Something you have to understand is that open doors... Provide the opportunity to be a blessing to others. Abraham, when Abraham was called and he said, leave your country and go to a place that I will show you. Leave everything you know, your father, your mother, your land, everything and follow me and go to a place that I will show you. And then he says, and I will, anyone who blesses you will be blessed. So he told Abraham, you're going to be the blessing. Where you go is going to be blessed. See, when God wants to open up a door, it's not just for you to live the high life. It's for you to be a blessing. So many people come to me and they're waiting for someone to bless them. 
They're waiting for some experience. Who's going to take care of me? Who's going to look out for me? Who's going to give me a chance? You go be the blessing. Open that door. Abraham is the blessing to all nations after him. Why? Because he went on a journey with God. And he trusted God. And he left. But I want you to understand something. An open door doesn't give you a complete vision of the future. Our college students, you're in college. You are majoring in whatever it is that you're majoring. Do you know where you're going to work? Anybody know where you're going to work? None of you know where you're going to work. Like none of you have any clue where you're going to work. And you're thinking, I'm just, I'm just taking one step at a time. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to study whatever. And then I'm going to go out there. I'm going to send out these applications. I'm going to get to meet people. And so, I don't know how it's going to happen, but something's going to happen. Everyone in this room has done that. Every single person in this room went into this saying, I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what I'm going to be. But there's a faith that I'm going to step out there. I'm going to study. I'm going to go to school. I'm going to do my thing. And something's going to happen. 90% of you are not working where you thought you were going to be working when you, when you went to college. But it's a step. Listen to this. You see, God never says, I've set before you a detailed set of instructions about exactly what you should do and exactly what will happen as a result. God never is going to tell you play by play what you're going to do. He tells you what step one is. Right? Because a lot of you are thinking, okay, what if I do that? What, Abuna, what if I do that and then what? I don't know. Don't ask me. I, I don't have an answer to you. You might fail. I don't know what's going to happen. But I'll tell you, I want you to imagine Moses. Moses failed. He went and told Pharaoh, let my people go. And he threw the stick down and it turned into a snake. And then a snake. And then what happened? Pharaoh's guys threw down their stick and it turned into a snake. Same thing. Until the snake ate the next one. And then he did the next trick. The first plague. He put it against Pharaoh. Blood in the Nile. That's going to for sure convince him. No. Second one. Third one. Locusts and flies and frogs and, and, and famine and, and everything. Nothing is working. Moses, just keep going. Just keep going until he got to what? The Red Sea. There's no closed door more clear than, than the Red Sea. And God says, Moses, why are you just standing there? What is in your hand? And he says, a rod. He says, raise up that rod. He stuck it in there. Red Sea was open. But it was closed a second ago. Because you're walking with me. Moses, you're walking with me. And you're living for me, not your own thing. If you want to live, you have to live for God. And if you want to live for God, I'm telling you, life is going to be completely different. I went to um, yesterday... A neighbor on my street who hasn't been a very good neighbor. If you've ever been to my house, you know which neighbor I'm talking about. <laughs> Comes, he's going out of town, knocks on my door and says, Hey, Paul, uh, I'm going to go out of town for some time. And you're, some of you guys are laughing, they call me Paul. <laughs> Can you do me a favor and just pick up my mail and just put it inside, whatever the packages bring in your house? He says, okay. Is there anything else? 
All I said was, anything else? And he just broke down in so many tears. And he said, I need support. And I'm like, wow. Sorry, I got to go. I have a wedding. I will be back in like... Literally, I, and I kept on saying, okay, I have a wedding. I got to get to a wedding. I got to have a conversation. What do I do? Open door. We can talk. Go to the wedding, come back, knock on his door. I've been living in this house for eight years. Never even seen his porch before, <laughs> okay? Takes me into his house. Starts to open his heart. He's breaking down. He's opening up. Open door. We go sit in the backyard, talk for even longer. At the end, he says, hey, Paul, I don't believe that it's by chance that you're my neighbor. I don't believe that you, you are just here by accident. You're just the guy that doesn't do his lawn as much as I do. <laughs> and God opened up a door, and it was one of the most special experiences. And as I'm preparing the sermon, I'm thinking, I, I need time to prepare the sermon. I got kids. And... Just take the door. God opened up something yesterday. I saw him face to face. Saw Jesus face to face yesterday. One simple door. Somebody knocked on my door. Get the packages. Get the mail. All right. Have a good time. That could have been the conversation. You want to know what the open door was? Anything else? Anything else? And that was it. God's like, you want to go through a door? Yeah, let's go through a door. Let me show you. God has amazing things that he wants to show you. But God rarely interrupts someone, asks them to remain comfort and the safety of their, of, their, of their life and familiarity. God does not do that. I'm letting you know that. He will never do that. But I want you to know something. What happens if I go down through the wrong door? If you have the right heart, you see, God uses these doors not to just give you cool experiences, but God is forming you. That even if you feel like you failed, you went through a door and you feel like you failed, did God shape you or not? Answer that question. You say 100%. That was the goal. That's what came out of this door. You say, are you the same person? No, I'm totally different. I'm changed. I believe. I walk straight with him. I know what God is doing in my life. You say, but you went through some hard times and some fit. No. God is in the business of forming people. I want you to understand that. Don't be worried about walking through. If your heart, if your heart is right, if your heart is right, God will turn that wrong door into something glorious. So in the mission, you know, when I lived in, in Kenya, the bishop there is a little bit adventurous doesn't fear anything. Half of his ideas are, you think they're crazy or terrible, like we're all going to get killed. And they're always like often bad ideas. And then because his heart is so pure and he just wants to glorify God, you're like, whoa, that was a cool idea. And I don't know how many times I'm like, say it, no, no, like it's not a good idea. And what do you think about this? And he would shut me up, just obey. And we're going, I'm like, wow. Could be the wrong door. But because the intention is right, God is showing him powerful experiences. I want you to know something. God also wants you 
to learn how to make decisions. The Bible says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask. God doesn't want to tell you what to do. He wants to teach you how to make decisions. A lot of people, they're stopped in their life. They don't know what to do, and I don't know how to make decisions, and, well, God didn't tell me anything. No, no, God's not going to tell you anything. He wants you to ask for wisdom that you will make a right decision. As long as my life is going for Him, and my whole purpose is for His glory, you just ask for wisdom. But God didn't say anything. No. Make a wise decision. But what's the decision? It's not for my benefit. It's for His glory and to be a blessing for others. I want you to understand that. I want you to understand that. It's an opportunity provided by God to act with God. But God wants you to decide. Decision making is an indispensable part of character formation. God wants to shape you to become like Christ. So you need to make decisions. And you need to ask for wisdom that you would be able to see with his eyes. Is St. George going to appear to you and tell you what to do? No. Maybe. But not, not, not regularly. Okay, it's not going to happen. Make decisions. Take doors in faith, with prayer, and with trust. Last thing. To fail to embrace the open doors to miss the work God has made for us to do. Don't play it safe. Your life is going to be boring. If you need a push, if you need a little push, ask your spiritual father. Say, give me the encouragement to, 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 to just trust in God. Invite somebody to give me that support. Give me the faith. But what if it's a wrong decision? Like I said, God will form you. God will form your character and your life will never be the same. Glory be to God forever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.